and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and I'm joined as always by Chaff. Chaff, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you, mate. Good stuff. And we are delighted to be joined by former Dale striker Paul Connor tonight. Paul, thanks very much for giving up your time to chat to us tonight. No problem. It's a pleasure. Good stuff. It's good to hear from you because, uh, yeah, we've had a few ex-players on over, over the last few months, but I think this... Your kind of era is one that we've not really explored enough of, so hopefully we'll get some good stories. Uh, but we'll start where where your journey started, if you like, um, coming through the ranks of Middlesbrough. How did that come about, and, and kind of what were the teams that you grew up playing for and supporting before before you ended up at Middlesbrough? Yeah, um, so I was a Newcastle fan, really, uh, from the area where I'm from, so the Durham area, either Sunderland or, or Newcastle. Um, and Middlesbrough was never really a look-in, but it always had the best academy in terms of sort of developing young players and sort of bringing players through. Um, so when they gave me the chance to, to go there, then it, 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 I, I jumped at the chance, you know. It was, um, I think, Newcastle's academy and, and, and Sunderland's academy is nowhere near. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how that started, really. Just playing junior football, I suppose, like most young young lads. And, um sort of enjoying it and, and getting the chance, living the dream. Was it one of those where you were just banging in 10 goals every game at school? Uh, I could score, yeah, to be honest. <laughs> it's one of them, isn't it, when, you, when you're a young kid, you, you sort of, you, the goal scorers normally get the, the sort of, um, the, the most sort of coverage, really, don't they? I suppose most clubs look for goal scorers, and uh, I, I was, as a kid, yeah, I was quite prolific, I suppose. So I just enjoy it, like most, most kids do. And when you when you came into Middlesbrough, obviously you were there for a few years. We were just talking before we started recording. You mm-hmm. were there at the same time as our current manager, Robbie Stockdale. Mm-hmm. What are your kind of memories of Robbie? Did you, did you ever see him going into management? Yeah, um, I, I suppose you play with a lot of players, and, and, and there's, there's some you certainly think haven't got a chance of going into management. You know, um, but Robbie was always one of them. He, he, he's a great lad, um, but he, he studied the game even back then. You could tell he, he spoke well. He was always the captains, um, sort of running through the, the, the levels, the, the, the different junior levels. Um, he, he spoke well in the dressing room as a young lad. I think he was a year younger than me, Robbie. Um, but he always played that level higher. He was a good player, very good player, knowledgeable, uh, had a great career. So I've, I've no doubt he'll be, he'll be a great manager. What was it like kind of being in that environment? Of, I'm assuming they were a Premier League club, maybe Championship for a little bit during your time there. But it must have been like quite the education to be at a club like Middlesbrough at that time with some of the players that you had. It was, but it killed you in a way because sort of you're scoring goals in the youth team and the reserves and then you think you're reading the paper or you turn up for training. Uh, like I think it was Brian Robson at the time signing like Ravinelli. Um at the time, it was a fortune, you know, and how are you ever going to get a, a game in, in, in front of people like that who were, who were fantastic players? Um, so it's great to see them in, in around the training ground, watching them play and um, watch how they train, but it kills you a bit because you, you knew you were never going to get, or something magical would have to happen to get a chance in the first team. So that's how I ended up really going 
um, sort of developing my career in the in the lower leagues, and I, I loved it really. Yeah, the the first kind of time you spent away from Middlesbrough was on loan out at Gateshead and Hartlepool, up in your native northeast. But was it a bit of a shot to the system, read into clubs like that, having been at Middlesbrough and with the facilities that they had there? It is, but I think a lot of young kids don't do it enough now, you know, when they're coming out of the academies. It's certainly changed now with the academies. Um, when you see kids come out of there, they, they, it's a culture shock to them. Um, I, I think you need to do it more. Um, it's it's real life football, you know. It's real life. Very little making in the Premier League. So when you do come out to the to the lower leagues, you've got to be ready for it. So going out on loan, I think kids have got, got to do it. It is a shock though when you when you turn up on a you train a gate on a Tuesday night on it on a, just a field with jumpers down. I remember my first training session. So um, yeah, eye opener. <laughs> I can't imagine it was much more um, high tech when you ended up at Dale a few years later. To be honest. <laughs> Uh, do you want to talk about that now? No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come yeah. up to it. I've got some stories about that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, you went you went to Stoke in the end, didn't you? After having kind of struggled to, to break through into the first team at Middlesbrough uh, after another loan spell there. But was it was that just a case of trying to get more game time at that stage of your career? Yeah, um, Brian Robson was. He actually pulled me and just said, look, um, you, you're not going to get... You're not really in the plans now because I'm 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 looking to bring in. I think we're trying. We did just get to the Premier League. Uh, we bounced back down, up, up and down a couple of times. Um, and he said you might as well go on loan. Or I went on loan initially at the Stoke. And Stoke wanted to sign me, and I loved it. You know, it was a massive club. Uh, even though they were struggling at the time, um, massive club. You could tell it was ready to take off. Uh, so I jumped at the chance. They offered me a two-year contract. Um, moved away from home sort of developed me as a person as well. So it was great. Yeah, that first season you were you were featuring quite a lot as well, weren't you? And back among the goals. Yeah, that's it. Um again it was a similar sort of story really where I went there, uh, got got a great chance, started scoring goals and then I think it got took over by uh Icelandic sort of consortium or something. And the manager who signed me got sacked and that's sort of sort of curtains really when a new manager comes in he brought a lot of players in and um so I was up for up for sale. So, yeah, I mean, what's it like at that stage of your career when you're still young, still trying to get game time, and you find yourself kind of in and out of the team and not sure, you know, what where the next minutes are coming from? Yeah, I think for me as a person, when I was a young kid, I, I was quite sort of, I don't know, I was I wasn't like arrogant as a footballer, but I think I believed in myself enough to that I would go and get a chance. Um, somewhere else it, it, it's disappointing but it, it, it's life isn't it and it develops your, develops your character really um, moving away from home sort of having struggles to get in the team and things like that and uh, yeah it, it sort of develops you So when you, you kind of realised that you were up for sale at, at Stoke when, when did you first realise that the Rochdale were aware of you and how much did you know about Dale before heading up yeah. to it was, it was my agent, really. I had an agent at the time. He was from Stoke. Uh, he was friends with... Um, oh, he knew he had good connections with Steve Parkin. Um, and it was there was just rumours for a little bit, but I actually went to Cambridge on loan and I was going to sign there at Cambridge. Um, I was really close. I'd agreed everything. And, and I think Rochdale just kept up on the offer at the time. And I, I was just thinking, wow, you, you know, they, they must really want me because... I never even knew they had any money, to be honest. And um, when they kept sort of opened the offer and, and things like that, it was just, it really sort of made me take notice. Um, so I went to speak to them. Yeah, Steve it was. 
at the time you were and still to this day you are record signing um, is it really is yeah it still? so is it still well, officially you are record signing mm-hmm. um did you were you aware of that at the time and did that add any pressure um to to your signing really because obviously you you're coming in and expectations are, are, are fairly high um we're not a club that spends money mm-hmm. easily um yeah. And yeah, I'd imagine that there was a bit more pressure on you. I couldn't escape it really, um, because I think it was such a big thing for the club to to fork out that much money. Um, they hadn't done it before. Um, they, they made me their their number one target, and so I think initially, yeah, there's pressure. Um, but as a young kid, you, you don't really feel it. You know, I was made to feel welcome at the club. Great lads in the dressing room. Um, and I just went in and I just thought, you know what? It made me want to repay them more, if you know, rather than feel the pressure. It made me want to sort of um, score goals for the manager, the chairman, who, who forked out all that money. So it had the sort of um, a, a different effect for me. It just made me more determined to do one. Yeah, I mean, at the time as well, they were kind of fighting for that playoff spot. It was one of the few times that we remember as fans that the club actually like did show a bit of ambition to mm-hmm. spend some money. Was the pressure there as well? As in, like, when you sign, you know, you're meant to be the guy who takes us into the playoffs, as it were. Definitely, yeah. Um, I think I was 21, 22 at the time. And I'd only played, I hadn't played a great deal of games. Um, but I, I was coming into the club sort of pretty confident. I'd had a good spell at Cambridge uh, just previously. I'd scored a few goals and I was fit. I, I felt strong, I felt good. Um, so I was coming there pretty confident. And I think it was, my debut was just a bit of a, I think it was a nil-nil sort of nothing game and then after that I think I scored early and it always helps to go and score early um, I think it was my second game um, and after that it just snowballed it really did just confidence uh, not only me the, the lads we went on a bit of a run as well so you just see it it was just uh, it was just a really enjoyable time to be at the club that first season or that first half season when when you was there obviously you said that we, we went on a bit of a run um, how gutting was it to to miss out on a playoff place on the last day of the season? Because I'll be honest, I thought we were the, the run that we were on. We we were we were heading for it. Yeah, uh, probably one of the biggest disappointments of, of my career that day. Uh, we went down to Plymouth, wasn't it? Um, yeah. We were in such good form. We'd beat them. It was a funny situation, wasn't it? We played them on the Tuesday night at uh, Rochdale. Yeah, I think there'd been a postponed game, hadn't they rearranged? Yeah. And, and we beat them. It was a bit of a tough game, the lads. But you could sense then the lads had given everything, you know, and they were absolutely knackered come the end of that game. Um, and I'm not saying journey or anything like that, but it was a long journey down on the Friday. Um, and it was just a flat game, I remember now. Um, it was, yeah, we, we just couldn't get that breakthrough, could we? It was just so disappointing. I think we took about a thousand uh, Dale fans down, didn't we? Yeah. So, uh, is it fair to say? Is it fair to say during that period, like I mean, ten goals in fourteen games from when you signed to the end of the season? Mm. Not, it's not a bad record. We you enjoying playing under Steve Parkin and alongside Clive Platt, who you seem to strike up a bit of a partnership with. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I, I think it was just everything I was hitting was going in. It was just one of them sort of. Uh, times really in your career what, what they were just tapping so I was just hitting volleys and they were flying in the top corner and, and it was just you know when you just feel good and you, everything's sort of coming off for you um, playing for Steve Parker was one of the best that 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 spell that sort of six five six months playing with Platty 
um, was probably the best of, of my career, most enjoyable anyway. Um, me and Platty just hit it off. We were good friends from minute one in the dressing room. Still speaking this day. Um, we had an understanding what was what you rarely get as a strike partner. Um, telepathic, really. Some some of the things we used to do in training and things like that. Uh, but I, I think that came from the, the friendship we had. So, obviously, you've had quite a few strike partners at, at Dale. So, obviously, Platty's got to be up there. Um, how was it being uh, playing with, with the likes of Tony Ellis uh, and then later Kevin Towns and two players at completely the opposite ends of, of their career? Yeah, um, I didn't play a great day with Tony. I think um, he, he, he was injured a little bit when I came. Um, but I trained with him a bit and you could see the quality he had. He, he was different class, touch, confidence. Um Remind me a bit like Cantona, you know how that sort of sort of strutted around a little bit, and um, he, he was good, really good. But then you had the young lads coming through, sort of Kev Townsend. Um, then we signed Lee, wasn't it? Lee McEverly, yeah. um, from non-league, and they all offered something different. But Kev, for me, was probably one of the best finishers I've seen. Um, at, at that level, um, left foot finishing was remind me of Robbie Fowler. I don't know if you sort of seen that comparison before, but the way the way he could finish with that left foot, he was fantastic. Um, I'm surprised he didn't go on to to have a, a sort of better career, really. I think we are as well, to be fair. Mm, great lad as well. Funny. Yeah, we had we had uh, Lee McEvely on the podcast before, and he had some good stories, and they're actually still playing. Yeah. Whether believe it or not, in oh, you joking? Really? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. What's he like now? Is he a uh, big lad now? Is he? Or... Um, I wouldn't say much bigger than he was. <laughs> he was playing. <laughs> he was a he was a strong boy. He's a good player, very good player from non-league. He had that non-league sort of um, sort of raw aggression. Everything about him was good. He had, but he had a bit of quality as well. To be fair, great lad. Yeah, he scored some great goals, didn't he? But the, uh, yeah. one game that I wanted to pick out from that little run was the six 0 win over Carlisle, which I think one of the best individual performances I've seen from a Dale player. What was it like to kind of play in a game like that where you just know everything you do is gonna gonna come off? I mean, that goal where you flipped it over the defenders' head is just ridiculous. Yeah, so it was yeah, again, just confidence. Um the lads were confident going into the game. I mean, you forget that dressing room had some fantastic characters, you know, like um it was such a strong dressing room where we all went out and we just battled for each other. But that game, I think they were battling were they battling relegation as well. So it was yeah. a big game, really. Um and we just battered them, didn't we? I think uh, I, I, I can't. I remember one. It was like all ears, wasn't it, in the first half? Sort of flicking it around the corners, and all the lads linking up. But yeah, it was games like that are just be special, really excellent. So you you kind of touched on you had a few stories about what it was like in training as well at Dale. I, I can imagine. Yeah, it was a bit of a goal from being at Middlesbrough and Stoke coming down to Dale. Yeah, but do you know what it is the club? I'm not knocking the club because it, it was it's, it, it's where it was at the time. Um, it was trying to develop, but it wasn't there yet. Um, so I think one of, one of my first days, we we sort of, I pulled up the train and and um, so I said like, Platy, where's where's the training ground? Like we're not meeting at the training ground because I've come from Stoke and we had really nice sort of facilities. And Platy says, no, we just we meet at the ground, meet at the training ground, and we we walk around. I says, all right, yeah, great. So. Got the train, uh, got the, the main ground, got changed and things like that. And the gaffers, Steve Parton, said, right, lads, goals, uh, balls, everything sort of around the back of the stadium. Go and get them. We'll carry them down. So all the lads are carrying down these goals. Down there. Uh, do you know the Cricket Club? Is it the Cricket Club? Yeah. 
So we, we actually set and then the gaffers put we put the goals out. Gaffers setting up round the cricket pitch. So we we actually trained on a cricket pitch, but he's marking out this pitch. But honestly, it was like a cow fails. It was like a cricket pitch in the middle of winter when when I signed. Um, I just couldn't believe it. I was just wow, walking through nettles, carrying goals, um, <laughs> and I just thought, wow, they really need to sort of have a look at this. But again, it was where the club was. That's probably what made the lads so strong in the dressing room. Just them sort of uh, challenges to overcome, really. But it was good. Yeah, if it's not, I think they still train at the cricket ground, but it's a slightly more. Uh, it's, it, must have been, it must have been transformed into some sort of football <laughs> facility because it, it, it was just a cricket club. It was a cricket club where we yeah. walked, we walked through sort of back streets and carrying goals. So. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say if it's any consolation, I, we, we still don't have any proper training facilities. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, it got better though. We trained up at uh, near uh, David Lloyd's or something like that. I think we had uh, oh, ball, up at Borley. Borley, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that got a bit better, but yeah. Uh, what, what, what? How did you find uh, Steve Park in generally? Because I think the people we've had in the past, it's very much like um, a split opinion on him, should we say? Loved him. One of the best managers I've played for, um, by far. Um, he, he, he was old school. There was no doubt about it. He, but his, his training methods was was excellent. It was probably ahead of his ahead of his time, really, with, with his training. Uh, him and Forty. Um, but it was his. He, he was a big believer in sort of team spirit. Um, and that's why, like, again, it was different for me. We we, we had to have a night out uh, once, I think it was once every five weeks, where everyone had to go, otherwise you got a massive fine. We uh, went for a Chinese, either in Manchester, Rochdale, wherever. Uh, he'd come, uh, all the staff, he'd get everyone from the club sort of um, on this night out. And it was just a massive team bond. And yes, probably not the right thing to do now. Players probably wouldn't do it now. I don't know, um, but he was a big believer in that, um, and that's one thing that stood out for me because the lads took it out on the pitch as well. Um, yeah, you go on the piss, you know, you go on the drink, and it's it's, it's a bit of banter. But yeah, it, 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 he definitely had his methods and his uh, reasons behind it. He, I thought he was, I thought he was top notch. Do you think like a character like that is one of them where you have to kind of be on the right side of him to to, to appreciate that? Yeah, I think so. I think he'll he'll, he'll tell you though. He, he's not bothered. He'd hammer players in the dressing room. He'd rip into you. See, you were scared of him on on that side. He did have that, but he also had that approachable side where you'd go and talk to him if you had a problem. You needed to go home. He, he'd understand that. He, he, so he, he had both sides to him. And I think as, as a manager, I, I I didn't meet many managers what had that. They had both sides where some were too soft. Or somewhere, you know, didn't have any, didn't have a, a human side to them. But he, he had, he had both for me, and I thought he was, I thought he was excellent. So, how gutted were you when he left the the, the following season? I was, yeah, because I got injured, um, and I never really. That's me. Big. I wouldn't say it's me a regret. So I couldn't help it, but um, it, one of the biggest sort of disappointments of my time there was I was expect expecting to go on just nail that season with Platy, me and him, we, we, everyone was building us up, I was confident, we were buzzing in pre-season, we were scoring goals, and I got injured early early season, and I couldn't recover, and he, I think he left just before Christmas, didn't he? Um, and I never really played for him, and that's probably the uh, biggest disappointment for me. Yeah, so John Owens was the replacement, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Your was kind of, he? From the outside looking in, it seemed like a very different character to Parkin. 
Yeah, massive difference. Um, he was more sort of, he'd put his arm around you. He'd, he'd, um, he, he was always happy. I remember him coming into training. He drove about five hours or something on a Monday morning, you know, from London. I think he commuted from London. Um, he'd come in, he'd, he'd just be like really happy, got the place buzzing. Um, he was just, yeah, he just never, ever seemed to be down or anything like that. He, he was always positive. Um, so real different, yeah. I quite liked him, but I did, again, I didn't get to play for him much. I only played a handful of games. So, um, but I think he got us to the playoffs, didn't he? That was that season. Yeah, that's right. It was um, the season where we we lost to Rushton and Diamonds. But mm-hmm. the, the, the remainder of that season, kind of, do you think his his personality being as upbeat as he was helped? Maybe those younger players like Townsend and, and Lee McEvely we mentioned, and and what do we kind of always mention on the podcast, Paddy McCourt? Do you think it helped mm-hmm. to, to blossom? I think so. Yeah, I think he had a he had a big um, a big sort of belief in in the youth, uh, bringing the youth through. Because we had a, a re looking back, we had a really sort of experienced dressing room when our first side, um, and it was although we, were, we did really well, there was probably a few coming to the end of the careers. Um, so I think he was starting to sort of develop the young players, and he was excellent at that as well. Um, and I think he sort of can be credited. I think he signed Lee, didn't he, from non league, or was it? Um, one of his one of his scouts had spotted him, so yeah, um, definitely. I, I think he can be credited with sort of bringing bringing them through. What what was what was Paddy like on those nights out? Because I mean, if the pa- been pretty legendary. <laughs> yeah, Paddy was great. You know, I mean, him got on really well because I was I was uh, stayed in Diggs, um, right next to his. Um, there was another Irish lad. I, I, I forget his name. Rory, Rory Patterson. Rory Patterson. So them two were thick as thieves. Uh, loved a drink, typical typical Northern Irish lads, really. Um, but Paddy was unbelievable. I mean, you, you boys have seen him, well, you've you've seen him all his career has gone on. But he was the the best skillful player I've ever I've ever seen. And that's and I've seen quite a few. And he he had the ability to. We, we call him George Best, and, and he, on and off the pitch, he was like George Best, you know. <laughs> Yeah, um, on those nights, I think one question I had to ask, or I got asked to ask you from our mate Briels, was if you remember mm-hmm. at the end of one... Um, one end- I can't remember many, mate. You <laughs> <laughs> said at the end of one of the uh, end-of-season awards, dude, we were out in uh, Nemesis, and you, <laughs> you were both talking to a girl, and you told the girl that he was Paul Connor, Rochdale's star striker. Do you remember <laughs> Who the like? Your mate did. Yeah, I think I can't remember to be honest. I, I, yeah, it, it does ring a bell. Um, yeah, we had some good nights in there. Nemesis, by the way, that was that was a place. Huh? Um, but yeah, was, to be honest, that's that's what it was all about, really. Just them sort of nights, um, just real characters going out drinking, you know. And, it, and it, that was the era. It, it was um, there was a big drinking culture. Everyone was. I think we went when we went to Dublin for uh, Christmas. Like just, it was just a mess, you know. But it was character build. But knowing Bryles as I do, it wouldn't have mattered who we pretended to be. It were It weren't going to work for him. <laughs> did he? Did, I was gonna say, did he pull? I, I, um, I couldn't tell you. Probably tell you did. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to guess no. Uh, but... So, so I, I couldn't help him out there. <laughs> I think I think he appreciated the help anyway. Um, right. Who were who the who were the kind of the biggest characters in that dressing room? From what you remember, I, I know you mentioned a few before, but but were there mm. any others that kind of 
drugged everyone out on those nights. You know what it is? When I went walked in that dressing room, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was 21. I was, I was pretty quiet myself. Um, and I walked in. I've never, I've never seen a, a stronger dressing room for characters. Um, there was just groups all over. Not groups as in individual groups. But like there's car schools, you know, like so they all sat together and things like that. Um, so you had like, yeah, I mean, four of them turned out to be sort of really good managers to me. It was like Flicker, um, Keith Hill, um, Bales was in there. You know, so there's lads like that, the natural leaders. And I, I, it was a pretty brutal dressing room, to be honest, with a banter. Yeah, you, you, honestly, it was it was, one of, it was the best, but also the worst in terms of getting hammered. Sean McCauley, can I remember him? Yeah, yeah. He, he could absolutely hammer you. Um, Corley, Simon Coleman, big character, been there, done that. So it was just full of it. it, it, it Mark Monaghan, people like that. Just real, real strong characters. Yeah, definitely feels like a different era, kind of like really never. Oh. Can you imagine? I, I imagine, yeah, it's a different, a different atmosphere completely now, isn't it? I honestly don't think young kids now could deal with that dressing room. It, it, coming from academies, like I've mentioned before, going into that dressing room, it, it was a brutal, brutal dressing room. And, and I think the gaffer liked that, Steve Parton. I think that's what he built it on, characters. So. I remember the end of that season um, with the Nemesis thing, we had a, the end of season awards. Mm-hmm. The fans got to sit with uh, with a player on their table, uh, like a sit-down meal. I think and... was there, I was there, wasn't I, for that? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I remember being on Paul Simpson's table and obviously right. he signed in like January, February, mm-hmm. um, was brilliant and then became manager. What was the transition from working with him as a player to working with, with him as a manager like? Yeah, um, great guy, Simo. Fantastic. You, what you could tell when he came in as a player, um, he had an eye on management. I think he was doing a degree in, in sports science. Um, he was sort of taking the odd session as well. Um, so it wasn't just one minute Sim or the player to Sim or the manager. It was He was actually um, sort of developing into being a, a manager himself. You could tell that. Um, you could speak to him. He, he'd offer, he was always encouraging you as well. So it wasn't a massive issue for a lot of the lads, I don't think. Um, I think where he did maybe struggle was being the player manager. I think... Um, if he if he was honest, you ask him now whether your first managerial job you'd, you'd be a player as well. He'd probably say no. Um, although he couldn't quick, he's probably the best player. So um, you, you know, so it was a difficult one for him because he was taking over a team of young lads as well. Did, did anyone in the dressing room feel it was kind of a bit of a risk at the time because we'd finished just outside the playoffs, then inside, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. obviously we'd gone for a manager with no previous experience. Was that were any of the players of Questioning that decision at all? I think there was, yeah. Looking back, I think um, so. Especially lads who've been there a couple of years, where it, it was beginning to be a successful sort of period, and in, in terms of just missing out the playoffs, making the playoffs. Um, I think I, I think a couple was questioning sort of the ambition, really. Um, when I, when I think back, I think um, they were questioning sort of the budget, whether the club was trying to sort of just sort of stabilise again. And I think a lot of the players were disappointed because it was time to push on. You know, we were close, I thought. Um, but that's not knocking Simo because he's, he's turned out even now. He's a fantastic guy, fantastic. He's doing really well at Carlisle, you know. So, um, it, But no experience at the time. Yeah, unfortunately, 
got three points against us last week. So, yeah, so no, not, yeah, yeah. Still, business, yeah. He's still there, still haunting. <laughs> um, for you personally, though, that was a better season, wasn't it? You, you featured a lot more. I think I think I read that you were you finished joint top scorer with McEvely. So, did you feel like you were getting back to your best on the Simo? Yeah, um, Simo was great for, for me. Um, although I didn't have the long term injury, I kept getting sort of little niggly injuries. Um, well, I'd play three games and then maybe he's missed one or two and then come back in. But he always had that belief in me, Simo. Um, I think I ended up with about 15, 16 goals that season, something like that, um, which wasn't wasn't bad. Um, where did we finish? Mid-table, was it? Or just just below mid-table? Yeah, I think I think it was a, a little bit lower, but I mean, mm. we'll, we'll, we'll come on to the cup games in a minute because yeah. they, the, mm. they were the highlight of that season, weren't they? They were, yeah, they were. But yeah. Looking back, it wasn't a bad season in, in terms of sort of getting appearances and things. Yeah, and well, yeah, those those cup games, it was the win at, at Preston and then the home win over Coventry where you got on the score sheet and then and then went and played at Molyneux against Wolves. There was a real excitement, weren't there, about the cup run that season? What was it like to be to be a, a part of that in the team? Yeah, that, 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 again, that was up there with a highlight of my in my career last Um I think we'd, we'd had a couple of tough games previously against like Bristol Rovers and, and, and things like that. So I think we'd sort of just scraped through there. Um, I think I'd scored in, in nearly every round getting up to the sort of pressing game. It was that the third round, was it? The pressing yeah. game. Um, the Coventry day was something special. Um, was it 9,000 there? It's, it's Scotland. Like that, yeah. um, and to go and score sort of early as well, sort of settle everyone down. I think we played crap in midweek, hadn't we? We got beat off Lincoln at home or something like that. So going into the game, we're out of form massively. Um, so I think going into that game and winning was, yeah, remembering the scenes at the end of the game was was unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, it must have been some experience to go and play at Molyneux as well. Un- <laughs> underneath the lights of Molyneux and the team. Well, you might not be surprised, but I got injured before that game, so <laughs> yeah, I didn't play. Um, it was on telly, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was live on BBC One or something like that. Um, I think we give them a good game as well. Um, I think it was two one. Was it two one? Uh, three uh, one. We got the yeah, was a three, three one. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, know, I know we scored. So, um, but yeah, great, great memories at the FA Cup. Yeah, we, we could we could say that's why we didn't get anything from it, mate. If you were injured, that's what we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I know, typical, isn't it? Typical, I got injured. Well, I, I did want to ask you kind of about about your injuries, and you did touch on it a little bit, but I mean, you must curse your luck because it. it I think it, it carried on kind of plaguing you, didn't it, after Dale? But especially at Dale, especially after that first that first spell where you were banging them in. Do you ever yeah. kind of wonder what could have been for those injuries? Definitely. Um... Like I mentioned earlier, like playing with Platy was big things we expected. I think we had clubs looking at us as well. Um, well, I know we did. Yeah, I know the club had turned a, a couple of offers down for us in the in the in the summer. Um, and going into that season, we we're confident. Me and him, um, I was especially. So I think I pulled my hamstring in the third game, and I never really recovered from it. I, I kept coming back early, trying to like sort of. Um, I'm not saying I was under pressure, but I think. Obviously, they wanted me back in the team because of the, the goals and things like that. And I just, I couldn't get right. And when I fall was, I relied on my pace when I was a young kid. And when, when once that hamstring snaps, then you sort of lose a yard and confidence goes as well. So um, it was disappointing, yeah. Very disappointing. 
Yeah, and that's something that something else I kind of wanted to, to ask you about just generally, maybe mm-hmm. later on in your career more than a day, but did you feel as a, as a result of those injuries, you kind of had to adapt your game because maybe that pace wasn't there and you became maybe more of a foil for Dale, Kevin Townsend? And... Yeah, definitely. I think, um, although I was six foot two, well, I'm six foot two, um, I was never really a target man. I could link the player, but I was more off, off the shoulder. Um, and to play with someone like Platty, who was six foot three, six foot four, who could do all that side of it for us. That's how I ended up scoring all them goals. But then, when he left, he went to Peterborough or Notts County or somewhere. I come back in the team and I was the target man all of a sudden. And although I can do that job, I'm never going to score goals or it's not my strong, my strong point. It wasn't my strong point. Um, so probably that's, yeah, that probably that's why I was a, a different player, to be honest. After, after um, John Hollins, we then had Alan Buckley for a short spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Paul Simpson, rather, we had, mm-hmm. had um, Alan Buckley. I think it's fair to say that was one of the worst <laughs> spells a manager has had at Dale. <laughs> it was like being in that dressing room in comparison to you know the, the more exciting ones of, of seasons before. Yeah, um, again, that's, I think, looking at the players he was bringing in, um, not, this, is, this is not me knocking anyone, but for the quality when I signed there, the players we had when I signed to the players, um, I don't know whether the budget got slashed or, or what, but it, it was just a totally different calibre of player coming into the club. Um, and, and you could see we're bringing young lads in with no experience. We're going to struggle. We, I think we had a couple of games in pre-season where we sort of looked all right, played good football, but League Two is a bit more than that, isn't it? And I think we we didn't really have that where we lost all the the characters. Um, we didn't replace them, um, and that's probably why why we struggled there. I actually quite liked him. I liked that he got he got he got me. I think I scored five in the first eight games, um, and he got me playing. He, he he suited my style really, um, the way he played. But it just didn't happen for him. Um, and I think that comes down to the the players he brought in. What what is it like? Um, this is kind of a a bit of a piffy question, I guess, but like, what is it like when you're scoring goals like that and you're feeling kind of the adulation of the fans? And it, it was mm-hmm. like at the time, I mean, especially that first spell, it was like mm-hmm. you were everyone's favorite player, right? Like, that must mm-hmm. give, uh, knowing that the fans appreciate you, like, that must give you a massive boost when you're going out on the pitch. Yeah, it was. And, and do you know what it is? Even after the first game, the, the fans were fantastic with us. It was nil nil draw, but and I always felt I had the backing straight away. Um, and I remember scoring one goal against Plymouth on the Tuesday night, what, what we spoke about. I scored a volley, what just flew into the top corner. Um, and I think we were getting beat 1-0. We had to win to keep us in contention to, for the playoffs. And the feeling of that goal, honestly, it'll never, ever leave us that. Um, just the relief around the place, you know. Um, I think it was late on in the game as well. And, and to go and win the game, it was just... that. That's probably my favourite goal, that, in, in terms of the feeling from the fans, the celebrations, um, and, and, and it never leaves you, really. Yeah, I mean, that's something that Adam Rundle spoke about when we had him on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, about kind of not really taking it in at the time. Did you ever get that sense? Do you ever kind of regret mm-hmm. taking in that kind of, that feeling when you score goals like that? Obviously, you still remember it, so not, yeah, not too much. You take, you take it for granted, you do. You take, even the next season when you're injured, um, you don't think that's going to happen. Um you, you do take things for granted as a footballer um, and special nights like that in the, in the FA Cup games, you, you don't 
take it in at the time. It's only when you stop playing um, that you you think, wow, that was a special time. That that was that was a good time to be at a football club like Rochdale. Um, and then, but you just roll on to the next game when you're a player, and it's it, it doesn't sink in. But it's when you stop playing is when you when you remember the special nights. Do you think you have to be like that though? In some way, it's like you, have, you can't focus on it too. Much. You've got to be professional and thinking about the next game. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think you're right there. I think um, I, th- I think the, the the paper cuttings and the videos and things like that's the time to sit down and, and sort of when you finish playing. Um, and that's I do that now. I have a look now at stuff. All Rochdale. I've got loads of Rochdale programs my dad kept. Um, and just reading some of the clips and and, and, and just what people say about yeah. Is, is is so nice, you know, and you don't take it in at the, at the time, but it's only when you, you realise how much you you were liked. Yeah, definitely. I think you still get, still get mentions um, when we were kind of doing our, our all-time Dale 11s. You definitely got a few mentions when we got mm-hmm. to the strikers last year. So If it was six months, yeah. If it, was, <laughs> if, if it just can't be first six months. <laughs> so after after Alan Buckley and um, Steve Parkin came back to the club and mm-hmm. it must have been quite excited by that obviously you had a decent um, relationship mm-hmm. yeah um, again it was just the, the niggles the injuries and I think um, he was just looking for results straight away come back when we were struggling what didn't he is that right we were sort of down there um, and he needed results straight away and I wasn't fit enough to I played a couple of games for him um, and, it, and in the end I think Swansea sort of started sniffing around Yeovil and Swansea it was at the time um, and I think we both sat down, put me in the office, and we, we sat down at a, an open and honest chat. And I think um, we both agreed, really, it was time for a, a sort of fresh start. Um, and, and, and that's how that ended. There was nothing nothing malice in it, just just an open and honest chat. And uh, he ended up selling me. I think he needed money, really, to, to sort of start uh, building again. To try and to try and stay up, he brought Holly in. Didn't he? To be fair, that wasn't a bad uh, that wasn't a bad uh, move, was it? Um, yeah, he had an eye for a striker. I think that's fair. He did. Fair. He did. Holly, Holly didn't do bad, did he? Yeah, I mean, I mean, was there any part of you that kind of wanted to see if you could kind of recapture that form under Parkin, or was it a case of yeah, you, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I, I, I would have loved to sign a new contract there. Um, Holly had come in and, and, and there were signs of training where me and him could have linked up uh, pretty good uh, he, he was he was a sort of raw target man I played two games with him I think one at the Dalek and we did okay you know, I, I definitely think there was something there to build on um, but sometimes it, it's out of your hands isn't it um, the two clubs had come in for me and the club needed the money at the time so I, and I was going to end up going for free in the summer so um I think they just took a little bit of money and, and sort of moved on. Like you mentioned, it was Swansea that was the, the destination after that, which was, mm-hmm. I can imagine that's, that was a slightly different, even then before they moved into the Liberty Stadium at the time, I imagine it was a different scenario because for a club that size to be mm-hmm. struggling in League Two, I imagine there was a lot of pressure to, to try and get out of there as soon as possible. Yeah, um, it was. But then you, when you went down there, you could tell straight away that the difference in the in the sort of um, the the quality of, of players, what were there. Um, it was never ever a league league two standard um, uh, club, really, in, in terms of players. Uh, you had like lads like Leon Britton, Roberto Martinez, Lee Trundle, Andy Robinson. Um, they were they were top players for that level. 
and it was just a matter of time where where that club was going to take off. Um, so it, it proved to be a, a decent move in the end. So it was good for everybody. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you enjoy your time there? Because obviously with the likes of Trundle there, it wasn't, I don't think you were ever quite a regular there, were you? But you got quite a lot of games and a decent amount of goals as well in the end. For yeah, the, the League 2 season, it was it was majority me and, me and Lee Trundle up front. Um, I think I scored 15 goals, but he, he got about 25, 26. But I think um, we got promoted in the end. But I, again, I was the target man. Uh, Trundle was sort of the man who just drifted everywhere and I was the one who held it up. And, um, so, I, again, it was adapting your style of play. Um but yeah, then after that, it was the club had took off. They'd moved to the, the new stadium, and it, it was lads like uh, Leon Knight, people like that coming in, and there's some real top players there. So um, I enjoyed my time there, to be honest. It was a good, good, good club to be at. What, what was Leon Knight like? Because he's is a lad, is a lad, or is a, is a, is a player? Well, both really, because he's yeah. I've heard I've heard other podcasts that I won't mm. name, and I've mm. I've heard him on there, and he seems like a bit of a loose cannon. If uh, Look, it, it, exactly, told. exactly, but great lad. Um, one of them lads who were just he knew he was good. He knew he was a good footballer. Um, he knew he could finish. He, he had that sort of arrogance, if you like. But he was actually a nice, nice guy. He was a nice. He, he was pretty quiet and, until he got his feet under the table and he was sort of a bit lively after that, but um, couldn't knock him as a lad. I got on really well with him. I've got a quick question for you. Trundle <laughs> or Paddy? Oh, um, I've got to say Trundle probably because he brought the goals as well. Um, but it's, it's a close one for skills. If you're talking about pure skill and ability and, and beating people and with pace, then I'd, I'd go with Paddy. Um, but if you're looking at goals as well, then probably it's Trundle. There's not much in it. They were two unbelievably gifted players. Yeah, it always seems bizarre that Trundle was playing in League Two, but I guess it, it would have done for opposition fans when Paddy was playing there as well. Oh, Paddy, Paddy honestly, I'm, I'm not just saying it. He was, a, he was a friend of mine at the time. Um, I mean, he still is, but I don't speak to him now. But uh, I've never seen anyone like him. What he could do in training... Was top level stuff. It really, really was. It was. He was. He was unbelievable. Um, maybe his lifestyle wasn't suited to the sort of full time football. It's questionable, but um, he, what a player! What a player! So after after Swansea, you spent the next few seasons in League One with Orient and and Cheltenham, and I, yeah, I think this was kind of the the stage where I, I mean, like I said before, it seemed like maybe your role had changed a little bit as a player because you were playing. More games, maybe not scoring, but contributing in a different kind of way. Yeah, um, I think Orient, Orient was okay. We did, we we got promoted. Um, I went there to help them get promoted, and we did from League Two. We finished third um, last day of the season. Um, so I'd count that as a bit of a, a success, really. But there was there was lads there um, who'd been there years at the club, like Gary Alexander. I don't know if you remember him as a striker, uh, Lee Steele. Um, so there was, there was a lot of sort of, whereas me and Platty had that sort of friendship, uh, understanding. At Orient, there was a lot of sort of, I want to be the main man type thing, you know. And it, it, it was it was a funny little club to be at, I thought. But it was a, it was a good club, um, similar to Rochdale in size. But um, yeah, we got promoted anyway. Yeah, and, and like I said, then then on to Cheltenham, where it was kind of a similar <laughs> stuff, wasn't it? With 
getting a, a decent a decent record there, a decent amount of appearances and goals. Yeah, I played a lot on the on the on the the like the right or the left of a, a three there. Um so I ended up doing a lot of defending. So we're in League One at the time and we've we did go probably down the bottom end of the table and we we defended a lot in games. Um but yeah, I did a job. Did a job. I wouldn't say I was the same sort of player, but played a lot of games. Um and actually did enjoy it there. And and then Lincoln and Mansfield after mm-hmm. that and, and Mansfield. I read that uh, their fans kind of paid for your wages whilst you were there and you managed to repay them with a few goals as well. Yeah, did all right. No pressure there though, is there? Sort of going into a club where the, the fans had sort of chipped together and sort of had fundraising nights and things like that to pay for your pay for your wages. So again, that was similar sort of thing to Rochdale where you want to repay people, you know. Um I was maybe coming at the end of my career. I was thinking I was 31, 32 when I signed for Mansfield. Um, but we ended up getting to Wembley. We had a we had a good little run in the Vars and stuff like that. So uh, not the Vars, the trophy. Sorry. It was it was the kind of a when you were heading to those clubs later, were, were people remembering you from your like prolific spells at Dale and Swansea? Were you kind of known when you were going to clubs like that? Yeah, I, mean, I think once you start getting a bit of a sort of reputation around League League Two level, um I think it sort of sticks with you, especially the the, the early Rochdale days and the, and the Swansea days. Um, I think people remember you for playing in good teams, um, and I think when you've been in a good team, it, it does stick. You sort of your reputation can um, stay quite good. Um, but that's down to the lads I was playing with as well. Really, I was lucky enough to play in, in some good sides. And then, and then from from Mansfield, it was still in in non league with Gainsborough for a while, and then. Children mm-hmm. back in the, mm-hmm. the northeast mm-hmm. was it kind of always that love for the game that kept you going because obviously I, I think that's something we see less and less now, isn't it? With uh, yeah, it is. I think I must have been because I played when I was thirty nine in in the northern league. Um, well, I was well, I played a few games at 40, 41 as well. Um, so yeah, definitely keep yourself fit. Um, and I just think once you've got that love for football, I, I think as long as you can play, I don't think it ever leaves you. You know, um, no matter what level. Um, and I think I showed that in my career to be honest I don't think many people have I think I played for 19, 20 years 20, then uh, three years in, in non-league so um, I, I think you've got to have the love haven't you for the game to do it that long Yeah absolutely and are, you, are you still involved? I read that you were doing some coaching at West Auckland are you still there? I'm not now. No, I've um, decided to have a break from football. I've, I've just I've got a new career. I'm a I'm a podiatrist now, so I work in the NHS. So I'm I'm busy, um, and I needed that time just to to sort of enjoy football and watch it as a as a as a football fan now. So I'm I'm like you boys, you know. I just sort of follow teams, follow clubs I've been at, just watch results, watch games, um, and just I've enjoyed it. First year in about twenty six years. Yeah, I was going to ask if you still kind of look out for Dale's results and if you've managed to get back to Scotland at any point. I haven't been back. Um, there was a time I nearly got back to go and be like uh, just in the hospitality, um, but I couldn't make it at the time. Um, but I'd love to come back. I'd love to come back and watch a game, especially with Robbie there. I'd like to see Robbie and hopefully he does well. Yeah, fingers crossed we'll, we'll see you back mm-hmm. at point soon. I mean... Thankfully, the club are doing a lot of good work with ex-players at the moment. We've kind of yeah. an ex-players association mm-hmm. with the trust and stuff. So, be really mm-hmm. good to see you one of those days um, in the future. Hopefully, I think what one one other quick question before we get mm-hmm. into the game because we always finish with a little game. Right. Uh, any kind of other st- sort of standout memories and goals that that you remember from your time at Dale that you'd like to reminisce with the fans about? 
goals. Um, I'm trying to think. I just, I mean, obviously the cup run was was fantastic. Um, have you got any? Can you? I, I can never. Uh, it's still that goal against Carlisle for me. Though. Carlisle, yeah. yeah. I think that hat trick, that hat trick has got to be me. Funny, it was my only career hat trick. Um, scored quite a few twos and, and things like that, but never, only got that hat trick. Um, and when I look, when, I've got the video. Uh, it's actually on the video here, and I think it's on YouTube and things like now. And I still watch it, you know. Um, I, I think I live well. Well, I won't now, but. Score hat trick like that and volley. I think it was a one on one, then flick it over the lad's head. So it was like a, it was a decent hat trick. You know, yeah, that's my highlight anyway. There was there was one that my dad mentioned against Lincoln. I think he's he thinks it was against Lincoln a decent volley. volley, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all that season though. It was like uh, like I said, yeah, everything was just I was flying off my boot. I, I was hitting things clean. Um, volleys were going at the top corners. It was just it, it was just an unbelievable patch for me anyway where it never happened again but you take it don't you oh absolutely I think we as fans definitely did at the time uh, who was the worst trainer while uh, while you were at, at Dale is there anybody who really got on your got on your wick worst trainer Paddy when he'd been out <laughs> and that's the truth because I knew what he could do Um and some days he'd come in, you knew he'd been out. And he won't mind me saying that, but um, that was the lifestyle he lived. Um, and he was awful. When he was awful, he was awful. But he was the best player there by far. Yeah. Who were the who were the kind of the jokers around that time as well? In the, in the, the jokers? Like I said, it was a full dressing room of, of heavy-hitting characters who would just absolutely hammer you. Um, the, the biggest was probably Simon Coleman. Remember Mr. Corley? The yeah, that, that surprises me. I wouldn't have expected that. Honestly, he's the funniest guy I've ever, ever met. Um, just unbelievably funny. Um, and he, he's got that straight face, hasn't he? Where he, he's quite a serious bloke. But in, in the dressing room, he he was brilliant. He was. You could see why. Um, he's probably at the end of his career, but you can see why the gaffer liked him around. He, he was He was great in the dressing room. He, was, he must have been better in the dressing room than he was on the bench for us, I think. <laughs> I think he was. I think he was about 45, wasn't he, when he was... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Paul, we always finish with a game, OK? So we ask uh, any ex-players would come on to see if they can remember a starting eleven from a game they played in. So I've gone for... Uh, it's got to be that that Coventry FA Cup game, hasn't it? That's the, wow. that's the standout. So, uh, yeah. We, I've, been, I've been nowhere near. I well, mean, to, no be fair, to be fair, to most of the ex-players always say that, and then they do all right. Yeah. So let's see how you go. So, so let's see right. if you can name the start eleven for that game for Dale. Right, Taffing goal. Yep. Um, Evo right back. Yep. Gareth Griffiths centre half. Yep. Other centre half. Wow, I can't remember the other centre half. Would have been. Is it an obvious one? He, younger lads, he, I think he had quite a good season. Oh, season. Grandy. Yeah. Grandy, yeah. What a, what and a another young, young lad at left back. Yeah. Young, young lad at left back. Hilly? Yeah. Hilly played that game, did he? Yeah. Wow. Um, midfield. Mickey Oliver? Yeah. Centre mid. Um, Paddy player on the right. No, no Paddy. No. Sent him in. Sent him John already gone, wouldn't he? Yeah, it was a low knee, actually. I ain't got a clue. 
Gavin Milak was the other midfielder. Oh, Gavin, yeah, because he scored at Wolves, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. On the left. Simo? Yeah, Simo on the left. Was always starting himself in that one, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, too, didn't he? Um, myself and... Who did I play up front with? I don't know. I don't know who I played up front with. Was it just one up front? No. You've mentioned him a few times, to be fair. Maka? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, um, he came off the bench, Makavilli, with, with nice. Kevin Townsend, but... I've mentioned him only made Platty, would it? Yeah, um, Platty, it was Platty. Platty played that game? Yeah. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly didn't do too much, did he? He can't have done much that game, then. <laughs> uh, there was one more for you, missing right midfield. Oh, right midfield. Um, was he one of the older, older lads? Yeah. Yeah, coming towards the end of his career by this time. Wasn't Flicker, was it? Yeah. yeah. It was Flicker, was it? Yeah, so you've done all right there, mate. Yeah, there's only two, wasn't there? Two on Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good effort. Yeah. Good effort. Yeah. Is there any of those players that you mentioned play before? Is there anyone else who you kind of still in contact with from that from that dressing room? Anyone who you still meet up with and have a drink with them <laughs> or speak to? Yes, to be honest, I mean, we all live, lead busy lives and it's, it's, it's difficult, really. Um, I'd say Griff up until, I mean, I still speak to Griff on social media and stuff like that. Um, meeting up with people, it's, it's hard. We were going to have a bit of a reunion down there with, um, I think Thorpe, he was leaving, wasn't he? Uh, the physio. Yeah. Um, I think a few of the lads did get together, but I think it was more just the lads who were living in the area in the end. Um, I was going to go, but I just I couldn't get there in the end. So it'd be great to see everyone, you know, like a massive, if you, if you, you lads ever want to do that, we'd, Organise a reunion <laughs> with it with the older lads. It'd be great. I'd love to get down there and have a beer. Oh, we'll absolutely be be looking into doing that now. Now you said yeah. that. No, I'd love, I'd love that. Plenty of them. Yeah, just just great lads. Brilliant. Well, Paul, all that's left for me to say really, thank you very much for for giving up your time and chatting to us tonight. Some great memories, and we hope you enjoyed uh, chatting to us. And we we'll hope you see we'll see you soon at Scotland as well. Yeah, really enjoyed it, guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks for your time. We could have asked him. One. Paul Connor. What his favourite Artsy Monkeys album was. I was gonna, you know what? I was gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>